Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Genesis 26. I want to start off with this tonight. I think uh, Steve might have heard from the Holy Ghost tonight. On uh, what songs he was singing, I know that's unusual, but uh, he he hit it tonight. Looks like he did a pretty good job. You're growing, brother. You're getting there. All right. Thank thank God. That's right. Been at Genesis the uh, twenty sixth ver- twenty sixth verse in the thirteenth twenty sixth chapter thirteenth <laughs> verse. It said the man began to prosper, continued prosper until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flock and possessions in, uh, of herds and a great number of servants. So speaking of, of uh, Abraham. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up the wells, which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham's so Isaac, had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are very much, for you are much wealthier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names by which his father had called them. So tonight, uh, the Lord had reminded me of something that I had uh, talked about. Actually, I was a little surprised I had to go back and find it. Five years ago, uh, early in the year 2016, I taught a message, Redigging the Wells. I don't know if anybody will remember that. It's been five years ago. And... Um, the Lord reminded me of this, and, and so I got it back out and started looking at it. And, you know, it's not too often when you're, you're in a local church setting that you repeat, get to repeat something very often. And not that it's going to be repeated word for word tonight, but um, and Brother Hagin always said, a sermon's never good, uh, any good until you've preached it 10 to 20 times. So come back next week, you'll get number three, and uh, we'll see if we can't get this figured out. No. Uh, traveling ministers have that option. You can't really do that in a local church, but... Um, uh, but the Lord brought my attention back to this and, uh, there's some things about this I want to talk. I guess today is kind of just a, a focus day for us. And how I many know we need some focus days from time to time. And it talks about here in verse 18, it says, and Isaac and Isaac dug again, the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, you know, wells are places where we're sustained. Wells are places that sustain us. You know, there are things in life, things in our Christian walk that are here to sustain us. Things that are not just uh, come and go kind of stuff. Things that are not just for a season or just for a day or, or a specific message. But there are lifelong things that are wells in our life that are to carry us. Uh, if we're going to walk with the Lord and do everything he's accomplished us to do, we need these things in our life. And uh, just like here, uh, people were jealous of this. There was enemies in the land and they filled those wells up. Well, the enemies are always trying to fill our wells up because he doesn't want us sustained. You know, I've always wondered, why do, they, why do they fill it up? Why don't they just start using it themselves? Well, because, you know, as far as the enemy is concerned, us not having it is more important than him getting access to it. Because he knows how valuable it is in us when we are being sustained by these things in our life that the Lord has set up. What, it, what a difference it makes. It's far more dangerous to him that we have it than it is beneficial to him that he has it. And um, so there's many wells in life. And so I just want to specifically talk about the love of God tonight. And uh, discuss some things. We'll look at some things. We'll have the band maybe come back up at the end. Go with me to Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians uh, chapter 3. We'll be in the 14th verse. 
I heard just a few pages. I guess y'all are quick tonight. So, who else is using digital tablets, uh, digital devices? Let me see your hands. How many of you? All right, quite a number. All right, just curious. I go back and forth on which one I use in service. But uh, Ephesians chapter 3, in the 14th verse, 14 through 19, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Aren't you glad that we've got family that are here, we've got family that's there, but one day we're going to be reunited, amen? Today our, our separation is only temporary. But say we've got the same Father, and we're going to be reunited real soon. Verse 16, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. How I many know there's no other place of strength but through his spirit in the inner man? I mean, that's where our strength comes from. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted, root, rooted, rooted and grounded, and grooted too, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. One of those wells in our life that we need to continually come back to and keep in front of us, and, and, and you know, something we've talked about on Wednesday nights this last year, uh, I think uh, Brother John, I think he talked about it one week about being intentional. A couple of weeks he ta- talked about intentional. We've, we've been talking about it next door, you know, so much in our life about being successful is about being intentional in the things we do, because if we're not specific in what we're doing, if we don't have a, an intentional focus day in and day out, things can easily slip by us and, and good things, uh, things that are necessary, things that were once a blessing, uh, things that are, that are meant to be a blessing that if we're not intentionally focused on those, they can slip and then we miss out on the benefit of it. Well, this, this here, the love of God, is one of those wells. And it says here in the, uh, uh, in the 17th verse that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Our foundation begins and, and is maintained in the love of God. Thank you for that rousing response. It is such an important thing. The love of God is such a, a, a foundational part of who we are. It is a foundational part of our identity. It is a foundational part of our position in Christ. It's a foundational part of our focus in life is the love of God. It is a valuable, it is an important thing. It is a well that we are to continually draw from. And uh, it's an anchor. Like I said, it's an anchor in our life. You're in Ephesians, the third chapter. Go back to the first chapter. You're in chapter one. We'll go back to uh, chapter three. We'll go back to chapter one. In the third verse, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Aren't you glad that that's not a future tense, but that's a past tense. He has blessed us. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the gl- praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. 
He has made us accepted in the beloved. I tell you what, the love of God for us is such a big deal. It should be so exciting to us day in and day out that we are accepted in the beloved, that, that we are in the love of God. We are the, the center and the focus of his affection. There is no greater truth or reality of that, that we are, we are right in the midst of the heart of God. What a blessing. Hallelujah. Good news. You are and were chosen of God. And this wasn't based upon you. This was based upon him. This was the decision that he made. This is our foundation that God has chosen to love us. We didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to, to, to talk him into it. We didn't have to convince him to love us. He made the decision to love us. He made the decision to do it. And I tell you what, what a blessing it is to be loved by God. I tell you, it's the thing that gives us confidence to go before him no matter what's going on is the fact that we, we know that he has chosen to love us. And I don't know about you, but that confidence is something that has carried me over the years that I don't have to deserve it. I just know he loves me because he made a decision to do it. And I am so very thankful. Man, the love of God is amazing. It's a result of his choice. He made the decision. Like I said, you couldn't earn it. You didn't earn it. And because of that, we don't have to keep it. We don't have to work to keep the love of God. Now, there are works that ought to follow our love and his love for us. There are things that ought to go in conjunction with that. But it's good to know that we don't have to keep earning it. He's made a decision to love us. <laughs> There's no variation with him. He never changes. God never changes his mind. I tell you what, his love was a choice that he will never change his mind on. You know, all love really is a choice. Real love is a choice. That's kind of a side thought, but love is a choice. It's not a lot. A lot of what the world says love is, that's not really love. That's affection. That's, that's, that's fondness. Uh, but real love is a choice. You know, a lot of marriages, a lot of relationships would go a whole lot smoother if it was based upon love, which is a choice, and not based upon merit, not based on what you've done for me or what, you, what I can get from you or what you can get from me, but it's based upon a choice. I tell you what, love is a choice, and I tell you, when both sides, both sides are living that way, I tell you, there's no relationship that can't survive when both sides are choosing to live by love. It's a choice. The love of God, I tell you, is something that, that we can never, 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 never get away from. We never grow past it. We never grow beyond it. We never get uh, too mature that we don't need to, 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 to be thankful for it, that we don't want to focus on it. To the love of God ought to be something that we go back to continue. Go over to John three sixteen. I know you know this verse, but I tell you what, we're going to look at it. John, the third, ver- third chapter. And I'm so grateful for the love of God. I, I can't tell you. I just can't express how thankful that I am that it was a decision. I, I, know, I, I just can't. I'm so thankful. Whew. He made this decision to love me. What, what the goodness of God is just too much. John chapter 3, the 16th verse, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But notice for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, you know, it didn't say that God loved the love, so loved the world that he did this, that he did that. He gave, you know, giving is the greatest expression of love. It's the greatest expression of love. And he gave so much to us. I'm so thankful. You know, it goes by material things. It's, it's a lifestyle. We have no idea how much God has given us, how valuable we are in his sight. I'm so very thankful for that. Go over to First uh, Corinthians chapter 13. I'm getting where I'm going here in just a minute. First Corinthians chapter 13. Hallelujah. So glad it never, never changes. First Corinthians 13 chapter. This is the great love chapter. And let's just, we'll just go ahead and start in the beginning of this. In chapter, in chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, it sounds like you person like that's pretty much got it all together, right? So that I could remove mountains, but do not have or have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to, the, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Find my place here. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. You know, when you read those scriptures, you realize that love is a full time job. It is a daily, 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 daily endeavor. That's why we got to keep it on our focus because it's a, it is a full time job. All of those things, we have to be intentional about that. You know, I was thinking this afternoon, you know, thank God we've been called to a local body in light of those scriptures. Because Pastor used to talk about, you know, that one of the things in the local body, we're here so we can bump into each other and smooth each other out. That is love in action. And we should never run from that. But we should be willing to be involved in that, in that refining process. Sometimes we need refining. Sometimes other people need us to be refined to help them be refined. It's good when those things happen. It's good to be in that position. Amen. Verse nine, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and, and in thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but, but then face to face for now or now I know in part, but then I shall know, I shall know just, a, just as I also am known. Notice this, verse 13, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Now it says, now abides faith, hope, and love. 
you know, why, why is the love of God such an important thing? Because, you know, there are times in our life where our faith can be shaken. If you haven't experienced that yet, stay around a little while. There are times where your faith can be shaken. Your confidence can be shaken. There are times when your hope can be eroded, where your hope can become dim. But the one constant that never changes is the love of God. That's why he said here that it is the greatest. But, you know, no matter what's going on, the love of God is the well in our life. It is the anchor for who we are. If we know that he loves us, then we have nothing to fear. If we know that he loves us, then there's no reason for our faith to be shaken. If we know that he loves us, there's no reason to lose hope. Why? Because we're in his affection. He loves us. What a blessing. What a blessing. I would encourage you, spend time on a regular basis feeding your spirit about the love of God. Just simply reading some scriptures, just focusing on them from time to time. Strengthen the foundation. Go back and drink from that well in your life. The love of God. I would encourage, I know Keith, Keith Hershey's been here in the past. He's talked about love. It's been wonderful. Go back and le- listen to those things. Great messages. Listen to them. Feed on them. The love of God is a foundation. It's, it's such a valuable thing. What about our love for him? What about our love for God? First John, the fourth chapter. First John chapter four. We'll look at this in the, fort, fort, uh, the 19th verse. Fourth chapter, 19th verse. We'll start in verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may be, have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Aren't you glad we ha- can have boldness in the day of judgment? Amen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. You know, it's obviously here that it says here that our, there is a connection between God's love for us and our love for him. We're able to love him because he first loved us. But at the same point, we should love him because he first loved us. It's not this, this that we get to do it because he's chosen to love us. We should do it because he's chosen to love us. This is one of those foundations in our life. This is one of those wells the subject of the love of God. We've been singing tonight, just loving on the Lord, singing songs tonight, uh, giving our love and expressing our love to the Father. We quoted the scripture this morning, Matthew chapter 22. Well, let's look at that. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Hallelujah. You doing all right? Matthew 22. In the 35th, 35th verse, it says, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him, asked Jesus a question, testing him, and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. For this is the first and greatest commitment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Number one, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I touched on this a little bit this morning. 
but it's, we have to be intentional to make sure that the, our love for the Lord is staying strong and that it's getting every part of who we are. Especially in the days we live in now, really any days we live and people live in, this is important, but especially now that we make sure the love of God, be, be our love for the Lord be something that it stays number one in our life. Really, we can't love others unless we really love God. Can't really love, can't fulfill the second if we're not getting the first. It just doesn't happen. Generally speaking, it's not always uh, uh, this way unless something tragic happens. But people don't just fall out of love with Jesus. It doesn't just happen. That's what I'm saying we have to be intentional because our people can lose their love for the Lord. And it doesn't just happen overnight. It's a gradual process that we've got to stay on top of to make sure it doesn't happen in our lives. It's not that they start out not loving him. It's just they begin to slowly develop fondness for other things. Because our affection is always going somewhere. I don't know if you realize this or not, but it's not like people just quit being affectionate. No, your affection is just change. And if we're not intentional, this, this well in our life, our love for the Lord, uh, can begin to grow cold and get filled up. And if we're, not inten- if we're not careful about it, those things can grow cold in our lives, and it's a gradual thing. You know, I'd given this example before different times, but, uh, you know, if you're out uh, with a campfire, how many love a campfire during the winter? It can be burning bright, burning bright. I love sitting out by the fire. I love to hear the sound. I think, you know, sitting by the campfire is mesmerizing. I can go out for hours and just watch it, look at it, you know. And thank God I'll never be in one. I do, I do thank God for that as I'm looking at it. But, you know, I like to look at it, and it's beautiful, and I, all the things that are going on in there. But, you know, if you don't keep putting fuel on it, it will eventually grow cold. Now, how bright or how strong or how hot that fire is, if you don't keep putting fuel on it, it will eventually grow cold. We've got to be intentional about maintaining our love for the Lord. I just want to ask you a question. Do you remember when you first found Christ? And I believe this tonight is for all of us, but I think it's probably for some specifically. But I'm going to take it for myself. You remember when you first fall in love with Christ, found, your, found, found, found Christ and fell in love with him? You know, you know, taking you were with God. Anybody remember that? Maybe you'd been come up at another background or, or uh, raised in a family that didn't know Jesus. I'm thinking about old Zach, you know. I mean, Zach had never heard the gospel until he had come to our church. He had never, it was a shocking thing to me to find out that no one had ever talked to Zach about Jesus his entire life until he was a teenager and showed up next door. Think about that. What a shame that is. Right here in High Springs, Florida, Bible country, you know, he had never heard a thing. Now, Zach was a good guy before. Maybe, I don't know. We're not sure. He was a bit of a rascal. But do you remember when you first got saved? I remember the change that happened in Zach. Zach was a fun guy, but I tell you, something happened in him. And there was such a passion in Zach's life for the things of God, for, for everything, anything God-related. There was a passion, passion in his life. Can anybody relate to that? I mean, I got born again. I, don't even, I honestly don't remember when I got born again. I remember I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was five. I don't remember gotten born again. I'm, it did happen. I just don't remember the days. But, but I've stayed in love with the Lord over the years. Uh, But, you know, you've got to be intentional about those things. And if you're not careful, that love can grow cold. It can grow cold. It can can begin to wane. Perhaps in times of difficulty. What an answer Jesus was in your life. You'd have done anything for him. 
You'd give him your time, give him your energy, give him your words. You'd express it to him. You'd bear your heart before him. You remember those days? I think, you know, I, I always compare this to marriage. It's kind of like being married. When you first get married, you know, you I tell you, the sun rises and sets on that, that person. Our, our married people remember that? Well, maybe Amy never thought that way about me, but at least for a couple of days I felt that way about her. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, when you were married couples, you got married, you know, just said, uh, it was the greatest thing. They're, they were just the greatest. They could do no wrong. Even those little annoying things they did that you just thought were so cute, just so endearing. Even know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you, have, if, you, if you know what I'm talking about. You know, just some of you are like, don't you raise your hand. I know. All right. Now you just loved them and you couldn't wait to spend time. You couldn't wait to spend energy, your, your, your energy on them and for them. Just do anything for them. Well, that's much the same way when we met Christ. There's just, there's just a love in us that when we experience and encounter the love of God, especially for the first time, it's overwhelming. And you'd do anything for him. You'd give anything for him. You'd lay anything aside for him. You know, too often, if we're not careful, that love can grow cold. And less passionate, less committed, less heartfelt, we have to watch against that. We have to be careful that, that we, we don't do that and our lives don't become expressions. Our, our lives remain an expression of our love for him and not a product of habit for him. That a Christian walk maintain the, the freshness and the fire of, yes, we do it because he's loved us, but it remains the freshness of our walk because there is an active love for him that we are not allowing anything to get in between us in this person or our heavenly father, just like when you got married, you're not going to let anything. When you met that person that you married, you wouldn't let anything get in the way of it. Nothing's going to cause there to be any problems. You're, you're going to, you're going to, well, we have to maintain that in our walk with Christ as well. You know, the, 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 how to live free from burnout. You know what the answer is? You know, the answer for how to live free from offense is, you know, the, how to live free from deception. You know what all of those things are? And really everything that would try to uh, cause us to stumble in life. You know what the answer is for that? It's staying in love with Jesus. I know it's simple, but there are so many things that are vying for our affection. There are so many things that are vying for our attention. There are so many things. It's not that, it's not that we, can, we, we just stop loving. We just choose if we're not careful. We can be led astray in where our affection is going. His love for us is everything, but our love for him is equally as important in our lives. It must be protected. It must be protected. Our love for the Father must be protected. We've got to make sure that, that, that we learn and, and continue to, to, to maintain the ability of expressing our love to the Father. I know this, that what you're not saying, what you're not expressing, you're not maintaining. Oftentimes, the fuel to the fire, the fuel to our love for him are the words that come out of our mouth. It's because that's love is giving. He so loved us that he gave. Well, we love him and we give back. And we give in many different ways. Could be our words, could be our time, it could be all these different things. But, but it's an intentional act that we're maintaining an expression of love towards God. It saddens me to hear 
of people, believers, that have a testimony that at one point they'll say, I remember back at such and such, you know, we were so this, we were, we were, maybe we were so involved and we were such an important part of this an important part of that. And God was working in our life. And I, and I wonder where did that person go? Who is that person? I'd love to know that person. These things don't. And like I said, sometimes there are tragic things that happen. You know, sometimes people let us down. Sometimes people let us down. You know, been in the been in the ministry. You know, basically grown up in my whole life. I've seen a lot of people make mistakes. A lot of ministers make mistakes and completely shipwreck people's faith, cause them to question the love of God. It's a tragic thing. It's a tragic thing. I've heard people, you know, that that we talked this morning, talking a little bit about you know division in the church and competition between churches. I've heard ministers kind of laugh and gloat at another ministry that failed. That was, that was kind of in opposition to them or maybe in competition, just kind of have this, well, you know, they got what's coming, you know, well, that's what you get. Almost a, almost a, 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 like a, yeah, that's what you get. That's a terrible thing because in each of those things, people get hurt as a result of that. People get damaged as a result of those things. It's equally true when people talk about stuff that's gone on. People get hurt about in those things. People get damaged in those things. People's affection gets injured. I tell you, maintaining the love of God is everything. Making sure that we never uh, uh, grow cold in our affection towards God. I would encourage every person to take an account of your life and do it on a regular basis, taking account of where you are. Am I as in love with Jesus today as I was yesterday? Am I in lo- as in love with Jesus today as I was when I first got born again? Why is that a big deal? Because it will sustain you. I tell you what, there, you don't have to fear getting off course when you're staying in love. Because when you're staying in love, the communication is open. When you're staying in love, his love never changes. But when our love is, is also intact and enacted and engaged, there's no danger in getting off course. There's no danger in getting left led astray. Why? Because there's, there's utter intimate fellowship that's never broken. It's such a vital thing that we do. And the God of this world is trying to throw dirt in our well. He's trying to throw dirt in our well every single day. We just can't afford to let it happen. Amen? Go to Second Chronicles, the uh, 16th chapter. Second Chronicles, chapter 16. And I say, well, you know, I found myself where, you know, I, I'm not where I once was. Well, you can get back there real quick. I said, you can get back there real quick. Well, how can you? Because how do I know that I can get back there real quick? Because, you know, God has not changed his mind about you. It goes back to we can love him because he first loved us. That first well, the love of God for us, because he loves me, no matter what's gone on, no matter how cold I've gotten, I can get back to that place. It's totally possible. And I tell you what, we all want to be on fire, have our hearts burning strong for him when he returns. Amen. None of us want to be up here before the Lord in a position of coldness in our life. We don't want to be there. We want to be prepared and ready and living our, our best days loving him. Amen. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart, whose heart is loyal to him. The Bible in basic English says, for the eyes of the Lord go this way and that through all the earth, letting it, 
uh, letting it be seen that he is strong in, in he is the strong support of those whose hearts are tr- are true to him. That's talking about being loyal in obedience, but in loyal in affection. Loyal in affection is such an important thing. It is one of those wells we have to make sure that 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 we are valuing, that we are that we are keeping clear in our life. Amen. And the next area is the value of the, is the well of His presence. The well of his presence, you know, because when God's loving you and you're actively walking in love with the father, you'll, you'll come into contact with his presence. You'll be in contact with the presence of God on a daily basis. A bitter Christian is one who's lost the presence of God in their life. A believer that's grown, that has grown burned out. They've lost the, They've lost the presence of God in their life. A believer that's living in offense. They've, they've lost the presence of God. It doesn't have to be that way. We can, we can maintain it. We can, we can, we can, we can, uh, uh, preserve it. We can never lose sight of it. Go to Psalms, the 16th chapter songs, Psalm 16. And I know this is not things that we don't know, but sometimes we need to be reminded of these things and, and be specific You know, as as a as a pastor, we oftentimes a lot of time is spent trying to get people to get their hearts engaged, so that we can go where we need to go and we can get to where we, what we need to get to. And I know, you know, I've been in places where you're just tired and distracted, and maybe your heart, your your affection, somewhere else at the moment, right? But so much time and effort is spent trying to get people's hearts engaged. Not, not to the person, but to God, just connected to the Father. If we could get good at that and, and get to where it's no longer a, a, a struggle or an effort, I tell you, we could get a lot of things accomplished. I tell you to go to Psalm 16. Psalm 16, 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, the right hand of God is a place of, of fellowship. The right hand of God is a place of intimacy. The right hand of God is a place of being in his presence. It says in that place, it says, you'll show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, when we make the commitment to, to keep these things a priority in our life, to not let our hearts grow cold, to not let our, us become distracted, to not let us uh, begin to, to look to other things, but to value the presence of God, I tell you, that's when we really begin to enjoy life and maintain and enjoy life in him. Amen. There's so many things that he wants to do. So many things that he wants to give us. So many things he wants to say to us. But the love of God is key that we keep it before us, in us, through us, to him. Amen. Aaron Hankins said this a few years ago, and he's the pastor at CWC out in, uh, uh, in uh, Louisiana. He's Mark Hankins' son. He said, wholehearted commitment is fueled by wholehearted communion. Wholehearted commitment is fueled by wholehearted communion. These things are attached to one another. These things are related to one another. These things are bound together. In the, present, in the cool of the day, his presence is available. Remember when God came down and walked in the cool of the day with him? But I can also remind you in the heat of the moment, his presence is available. 
when the fire's been lit and it's been fueled seven times, his presence is the thing that gets you through. It's his presence that causes you to walk free in those moments. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.